I am one of the pastors here at Denton North Church, along with Joshua, who will be up after me to do announcements. Um, but we just want you to know how glad we are that you're here this morning. I was in a um, community sharing group with Daniel and with Faith, and the thing that Daniel said he was, was good news to him this morning was everybody that was here. And I so resonated with that because we have prayed for you to be here, and we're so glad that you're here with us this morning. If there's anything that we can help you with, if you have any questions when we're done, please feel free to come to one of us and ask, because we would be happy to talk with you either now or at another time. Um, so feel like that we're approachable. Um, Shayla was worried about being eloquent. If eloquent is our standard, I need to sit down right now, because <laughs> eloquent is not. What our standard is, is people who love Jesus, and people who are going to point you to Jesus like Shayla did with our communion talk this morning. So I had, so we've been doing a sermon series on Sabbath this summer, and we finished that up, and we had two weeks that we didn't really have a topic for before we start our next thing, and so Josh took last week, and he talked about God as Father, and I took this week, and I'm like, yes, I can talk about whatever I want to talk about. This is going to be so great. And then I started thinking about what I wanted to talk about, and I was like, oh no, this is not going to be easy. My first topic was eternal life. And so I start working on that, and God says, girlfriend, this is not a one Sunday sermon. This is a sermon series of its own. And I was like, okay, okay, I get that. And so my next topic, I don't even have a title for. Like, I can't even settle on what I think the title is. So I'll have to guide you as we go along. But I did ask our praise team this morning to sing the song, He is Worthy, and the song, How Long, specifically because that fits in with what I want us to talk about this morning. In the song, He is Worthy, it says, Do you feel the world is broken? Do you feel the shadows deepen? Is all creation groaning? And then it makes the statement, it is good that we remind ourselves of this, talking about he is worthy. And if our lamenting, like in the song, How Long?, if our lamenting does not lead us to the fact that he is worthy, then we're doing it wrong. And so God wants us to not suppress the realities of life. He wants us to bring those to him. And he wants us to not listen just to the voice of the lament, but also to listen to his response to it. To let him take it and give us his perspective on it. So I'm going to switch gears real quick. And I want you to think about who talks to you the most and who do you listen to the most? Do any of you talk to yourselves? Okay. So I mean talk out loud like somebody's sitting right there in the room with you. All right. So my husband does this all the time. So I'll be sitting in the kitchen and I'll hear him in the bedroom talking and I'll say, are you talking to me? And he'll be like, no, I'm just talking to myself. 
Or he'll be in the office with the door shut, and I'll hear him talking, and when he comes out, I'll say, who were you talking to on the phone? And he's like, I wasn't talking on the phone. Why? <laughs> and so he talks to himself to work through things. It's how he problem solves. It's how he processes. And interestingly enough, research indicates that people who talk out loud to themselves are more intelligent and possibly even geniuses. Who knew? I think I'm excluded from that category, though. But one of the really neat things about this is that he talks to God the same way. It's a constant stream of communication all day long. And he moves from talking to me or someone else or to himself to talking to God without missing a beat. So let me give you an example of this. He and I are driving to Carrollton, and because I'm going to be speaking to the cohort class, we're driving to Carrollton, and he says, have you and Josh decided what we're going to focus on in our small groups this year? Please bring comfort and healing to the people in that accident and protect the workers that are taking care of them. Are we going to use the videos? And that's how his conversation goes. It goes from talking to me to talking to God back to talking to me again. And it's really sweet, and I want to be more that way in my conversations with God. We may not all talk to ourselves out loud, but we do all talk to ourselves. You might think of it more as thinking to yourself if you're not an out loud talker. But we have endless conversation going on. We talk about God, we talk about ourselves, we talk about what's going on. And it's so important what we say to ourselves because it affects what we say, what we do. It affects how we live, what we believe. It's really important what you say to yourselves. So do you tell yourself that, that God is good, that he's active, that he loves and cares for you? Or do you tell yourself that God is far off? that he doesn't care about what happens in our world and is in fact not good. What are you saying to yourself about you? Is it that you're loved, you're valuable, you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, you're never alone? Or is it that you're on your own, that you can never be good enough, that you're not seen and you're unknown? We all talk to ourselves. What are you telling yourself? We're either telling ourselves the truth or we're telling ourselves lies. And scripture tells us that we can take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And we do that by knowing and speaking truth to ourselves. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning is truth. What are you telling yourself? Because of a painful thing that I experienced over a year ago and that has not yet been resolved, I realized how much I was talking to myself about that. And I realized that the things that I told myself might feel true, but were not in reality God's perspective on things. And so one thing, and if you've been here before, you've heard me say this, one thing that has really helped me is writing a truth from scripture every day. So every day I just ask God, what truth do I need today? And then I write down whatever scripture it is that it seems he's leading me to. This morning, I want to give you some truth from God's word that you can speak to yourself. 
I'm going to go through a lot of scripture, and I'm not going to tell you the references to those because I want you to listen to it. I want you to listen to it as if God is speaking it to you and just you right now. I will post the scripture references on Mighty Networks when we're finished um, today. So if you need those references, you can go back and get them off of Mighty Networks. And if you don't know how to get on Mighty Networks, you can ask us after and we'll tell you how to do that. So truth number one, you are loved and wanted. The lie that we tend to believe is I'm worthless and I'm not good enough. Satan perverts the reality that we're beloved children of God. He wants us to believe that we're not good enough. God wants us no matter our imperfections. We are works in progress, and we're imperfect because we're not finished yet. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. But now God's message the God who made you in the first place, the one who got you started. Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end because I am God, your personal savior. I paid a huge price for you. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God? And that is what we are. I love this next scripture because of the picture it gives me. I love the Lord because he hears my voice in my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. It makes me think of the children that we have here at Denton North Church. And if you watch our adults, you'll see most of them go to one of our kids and squat down like this and look them in the eyes and talk to them. Because it shows you're important. I want to get down and look in your eyes. And when God bends down to listen... He's doing the same thing. He's saying, you're important to me. I care about what you have to say. I care about what you need. He bends down to listen. And then Paul prays that the Ephesians will know how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ is. And that love is for every single one of us. He doesn't have favorites that that love is for. It's for all of us. And God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still his enemies, Christ died for us. God loves and wants us even when we're at our worst. Even when we were his enemies, he loved and wanted us. I want to tell you a story. This is a true story. I do not know this man but I do know this story. It was one of the most extraordinary birthday parties ever held. No, it wasn't in a plush ballroom of a grand hotel. No, there weren't famous celebrities nor anyone rich or powerful. It was held at 3.30 a.m. in a seedy cafe in Honolulu. 
The guest of honor was a prostitute, the fellow guests were prostitutes, and the man who threw it was a minister. The idea came to Tony very early one morning as he sat in the small cafe. He was drinking coffee at the counter when a group of prostitutes walked in and took up the stools around him. One of the girls, Agnes, lamented the fact that not only was it her birthday tomorrow, but that she had never had a birthday party. Tony thought it would be a great idea to surprise Agnes with a party. Learning from the owner of the cafe, a guy named Harry, that the girls came in every morning around 3.30, Tony arranged with Harry to set the place up for a party. Word somehow got out on the street so that by 3.15 the next morning, the place was packed with prostitutes, Harry and his wife, and Tony. When Agnes walked in, she saw streamers, balloons, Harry holding a birthday cake, and everyone screaming out, happy birthday. Agnes was overwhelmed, and tears poured down her face as the crowd sang happy birthday. When Harry called on her to cut the cake, she paused. She'd never had a birthday cake and wondered if she could just take it home and show it to her mother. When Agnes left, there was stunned silence, and Tony did what ministers do. He led Harry, Harry's wife, in a room full of prostitutes in a prayer for Agnes. And I love that story because I think it demonstrates so much God's love for us. He doesn't wait for us to get cleaned up before he loves us. He doesn't wait for us to have it all together before he wants us. He wants us exactly like we are, and he gives value to us just like these people did to this woman by giving her a birthday party. Tony Campolo is a real man, and one of the quotes that he has is, God carries your picture in his wallet. Now, I know that's an outdated quote. Most people don't carry pictures in your wallet anymore, so I've updated it to, God has your picture as his screensaver. <laughs> so maybe that will help you get the gist of that comment. It's what we do with our children, with our nieces and nephews, with the people we love. We carry pictures of them. It's a sign that they belong to us and that we love and want them. And the fact that Jesus would have your picture as his screensaver, as it were, is just another way of saying you're his kid. He wants you. He loves you. This is the whole story of the Bible. It starts in Genesis with God creating the world, including man and woman, and calling them good. He arranged the perfect environment for them to live in, and he walked with them. He had a relationship with them. He was present with them. But they made the choice to be God themselves instead of letting God rule over them. And that sin fractured their relationship. The rest of the Bible tells the story of how God still wanted them and us. God still loved them and us and how he made a way for us to have a relationship with him again. God loves you and wants you. He's always loved you and always wanted you and always will. Listen to part of this scripture again. The God who made you in the first place says, Don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. 
I've called your name. You're mine. I paid a huge price for you. This is how much you mean to me. This is how much I love you. God loves you and God wants you. That is truth. You need to tell that to yourself over and over again. Second, you are not forgotten. And the lie that we believe here a lot of times is that I'm not important, I'm not seen, I'm unknown. Within the last two weeks, one of our members, Adam Chabonneau, uh, released a book called I Am a Child of God. And I read that book in about two days. And I believe that the message of Adam's book, and I hope he believes it too, but maybe it's just my message, is that you are not forgotten, that we are not forgotten. And Adam does a beautiful job of describing that with his testimony, and I would highly recommend you get his book and read it. You can get it on Amazon. If you don't have enough money to buy it, let me know, and I'll buy it for you. I'm absolutely serious. I think it's something you need to read. 2 Peter 3, 8, and 9. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Just because you're not getting what you've been asking God for, or just because a circumstance in your life hasn't resolved itself, does not mean God has forgotten you. He is patient with you, and he is working. I have a situation like that in my life right now, that I'm begging God to work in, and that he hasn't so far, and I don't know if he will. But one of the things that he said to me recently was, stop separating this life from eternal life and just focus on the fact that I am doing something and believe I will do it. Because my tendency is to say, well, God will either fix that now or he'll fix it later in eternity. And then my next immediate reaction is, I can't wait that long. I want it to happen now. I don't want to wait that long. But God says, they are the same. Eternity has started now, and I will complete it. So quit focusing on what's happening when and just know I am doing it. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, No eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. That's the truth. It's going to be better than anything we can imagine. My sister, a few years ago, went to Mexico City, and she did some spiritual formation there, and she shared this story with me, and I want to share it with you. Again, these are real people. She met a young man named Flor Bierto. His mother died when he was 10 years old, and he was kicked out of his house because he had Down syndrome. He lived on the street, getting by the best he could. But one night, he was hit by either a car or a scooter, they don't know which, and his leg was severely cut. 
When a police officer found him days later, he was almost dead. He was living in a trash heap with his leg badly infected. The officer took him to a place called House of the Dying. It was a place where they take people when they're about to die or when nobody else wants them. Against all odds, Florbierto recovered. And since he had no place to go, he was able to live there in the house of the dying. He said most people there couldn't contribute in any way. But because he had recovered, he could. So he started making these little cloth bags about this big that had a drawstring on it just for people to put little things in and selling those. And he would use the money that he made to help other people that were living in the house of the dying. He also is the caretaker of a young man in his early 20s named David, who's mentally challenged and in a wheelchair. I'm sure that there were times that Florbierto felt completely forgotten by everyone and by God. But what my sister said about him is he has the biggest smile and is so happy. He's truly doing what God created him to do, what God created all of us to do, which is showing people that they're not forgotten by God. People may forget you, but God never forgets you. No matter what your circumstances, there has never been a time, I promise you, that you have been forgotten by God. Listen to this scripture. Yet Jerusalem says, the Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for the child she has born? Even if that were possible, I, and this is God speaking, would not forget you. I have written your name on the palms of my hands. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls in ruins. What he is saying is, I can't forget you. You are my child. Your name is on the palms of my hand, and I see your pain. I see your circumstance. Whatever it is, I've not forgotten you. And he says, I will not forget you. And that is truth. God wants you and loves you. God has not forgotten you. Okay, the third one. God knows what it's like to be you. Jesus knows what it's like to be you. And the lie that we usually believe here is no one understands. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. He became fully human in every way. So I don't know if you've ever seen this show. It's kind of old, but it goes on repeat sometimes, and so people see it. But it's called Undercover Boss. Okay, so think undercover boss. So these people that come on the show, they've built their company from the ground up. They've invested everything, time, money, energy, to make it successful. They've hired all the people that are going to be on the show with them. 
they're making good money, they have a lot of flexibility, they're in charge, they're in control, yet they choose to leave that and become a common worker. They take the lowest position in the company and they let those people they hired tell them what to do and they work really hard for them. Why do they do that? So they can see what it's like to be an employee. That's very similar to what Jesus did for us. He left his place as deity, as ruler over the whole earth. He gave it all up to become human so he would know what it's like to be us. He knows what it's like to be afraid, alone, betrayed, misunderstood, rejected, scared to go through pain, suffering, death. He knows what it's like to be physically tired, emotionally exhausted, tempted to give up. Whatever you feel and experience, Jesus knows what that's like. Is this your first time away from home and you miss your family? Jesus knows. Are you the first in your family to go to college and you're afraid you aren't smart enough and will let everyone down? Jesus knows. Did someone that you were close to drop you without an explanation and now won't take your calls? Jesus knows. Did your spouse, your family member, your friend betray you in a way that nobody else could and leave your heart shattered? Jesus knows. Jesus was fully human in every way and he knows what it's like to be you. And that's the truth. Four, Jesus gives you hope. The lie we believe here is that life is hopeless. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I have told you these things that in me you might have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. But there's more, for, there's more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're awaiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master, Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he is putting everything as it should be under and around him. He's putting everything as it should be. He's making us beautiful and whole. I am all about that. I can't wait for that. Revelations 21, 3 through 5 is one of my favorite scriptures um, for hope. And it says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Now this kind of goes back to our song, How Long. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. 
I don't care what it is that you are so hurt by or so concerned about that you see in our world or that you experience personally. God is making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and they're true. God is not done yet. There's a song by uh, Taryn Wells, and it's called There Will Be Joy in the Morning. And one of the lines out of it that I've memorized and I say to myself quite often is, if it's not good, then he's not done. No, he's not done with it yet. There will be joy in the morning. If something in your life is not good, God is not done with it yet. And there is joy coming. Jesus was made fully human in every way. He's not done with us, and he's not done with this earth yet. He knows what it's like to be you and gives us hope. That is truth. So let's go back over those four truths. Jesus loves you and wants you. Jesus has not forgotten you. Jesus knows what it's like to be you. And Jesus gives you hope. Here's the thing. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. Truth is a person, and it's the person Jesus. So when you are speaking truth to yourself, you're speaking Jesus to yourself. The reason I use scripture is because I want to make sure that the truth I'm speaking to myself lines up with the truth Jesus would say to me. And that's the only way I really know how to do that and make sure that it's truth. As we talked about truth today, if you want to know more about Jesus, if you want to know more about this man who brings truth, the one who loves you and wants you, the one who knows what it's like to be you, the one that hasn't forgotten you, the one that gives you hope, then let Josh or I know and we'll connect you with somebody that can help you study the Bible and learn more about him. We would love to be able to do that. I want to leave you with just a blessing of hope um, as my ending. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's my prayer for you. Golly, am I right? <laughs> Not just Leslie, but we, this morning, worship team, people who shared in community sharing, Shayla doing communion, I mean, just like, this morning has been so good for my heart, my soul, all these truths being shared from all of us to each other about how good God is, how much he loves us, and um, I just thank you guys, everyone, for just making such a sweet morning together. Uh, I've enjoyed it so much. So my name is Joshua, I'm one of the other staff here with Leslie, and sometimes people say, you're not Leslie. That's like my other name. You know, they're looking for her. They find me instead. Sorry about that. So anyway, um, my name's Joshua, and I'm so glad that you are here. Our church exists to make and mature disciples who love, serve, and share Jesus. That's why we get so along so, so well with Focus, doing that on our college campuses, and we align very well. Our goal here is to be a resource for Focus, as well as helping people transition into 
their lives as a disciple, as an adult, and helping adults who are currently following Jesus continue growing in their discipleship so they can love, serve, and share Jesus with others. So we just, we love getting to do that together. We are really passionate about this Jesus guy, as you can tell. So um, if you, like Leslie said, if you're not super familiar with him, we'd love to introduce you to him and explain a little more about him. But I've got a couple of announcements I want to share, things that you don't want to miss happening in our community. I'm going to be a little bit fast because we're short on time and we need to pack up and get out of here. The very first thing is just that our small groups are going to be starting this second week of September. And so if you are not a college student or if you're in college and for some reason you can't be in one of the cores or focus in small groups or whatever, or if you want to be in two small groups or whatever, we're not going to prevent you from doing that. Um, but these are mostly going to end up being a lot of our adults in our church, but they're open to anyone. And uh, we just love getting to get together. So please sign up for small groups. We try to make these to where they work on the most evenings possible for as many people as possible so that everyone has a chance of hopefully being in a small group. We spend time together. We eat meals together. We talk about the Bible together. We learn how to grow in being apprentices and disciples of Jesus together. And we meet once a week, and it's just a great time. We stay together for a full year, so you really get a chance to get to know each other and make good friendships. So please sign up. We are going to, that QR code works, as well as going to dentonnorthchurch.com slash smallgroups, and it's also posted a few other places, but we'd love for you to join those. We're going to try to get those all set up so you know what group you're in, who's in charge, where you're meeting, what time, what day, all that stuff soon, so please sign up as soon as possible so that we don't miss something. Um, we want you to be in those. And if you, if you find out later, something changes with your schedule later, and you need to sign up a few weeks from now, we can add you in later. It's not too late. We just want to make sure we get the group set up. Yes? Uh, we do, yes. If you have signed up and you're pretty sure you signed up, don't worry. We got it. We definitely got it. You'll hear from somebody soon. But we didn't want to just send a bunch of stuff being like, hey, Darby, you signed up. We got you. We, you signed up. But you definitely did. We got you. Anyone else need a confirmation? Grant, you signed up, bro. I got you. You did it. Okay, the next thing is our giving. We don't pass a basket. Partly, we stopped doing that during COVID, and then we realized, like, very few people are writing checks or putting cash in. So you can give to help our invest in our mission as a church at dentonnorthchurch.com slash donate. You can also do that on, at, on Venmo at Denton North Church. And the last thing, this is the most important thing that I want you not to miss because this could be very confusing if you miss it. So next week, we've talked about the past few weeks. If you weren't here, you missed this. But they're going to be doing some renovations in this building next week of all weeks. Like early in the year, we have some new folks, and it just is inconvenient, but it happens. They need to update some things in this building. So we cannot meet here. We've been racking our brains trying to figure out what God wants us to do with that day, with that time, that we can't meet all together. Um, and what we've decided to do is in early in the year, there's a lot of new people flooding into our town. And if you're in focus, you know that's a, a key time to do some version of outreach, which is why y'all have been having hurt feet and sweating and tired and exhausted all this past week or two doing that. What we're going to do next week, instead of meeting here, is go do outreach. But we're going to do it sort of in this like very, um, very uh, individualized kind of way, not unified. Basically, where we go to either a coffee shop or a breakfast place around town and meet new people um, because there's new people around. And if it's on a Sunday morning and you're, you're doing that, then they, that person is not in church. Maybe they just missed church that week, but they may not be in a church. They may not know people. They may not uh, know Jesus. And the other thing we want to do, too, is give you an opportunity. If there's someone who has been on your heart, a neighbor, a coworker, somebody that you've already thought of that you would love to be able to reach out to and spend time with, grab coffee or breakfast with, 
then you can do that as well. You don't have to be like, go meet a new person. You can do outreach with someone God's already put in your circle, in your like path that you can go do. I know some of the neighbors that we have on our street. I notice when I leave in the morning, they are there. And when I get back after church, they are there still. So we could get a chance to hang out with them on Sunday morning. It's a sweet time. We know that they're available. So whatever, just pray about what God might want you to do with that time. Every week we come here and we invite anyone who wants you to come to us. Then for this one week, next week, we're going to try to go to them and go into their spaces and stuff. Um, This is a little odd, I know, but let's try something weird. Any questions that you might have? Yes, Sophie. Yes, you could do that if you would like. That's great. And especially your commuter. So that might be a good option for you as well um, instead of driving here. But yes, Clarissa. Go ahead. Yes, the week after we do this. So that this next Sunday, just so you have your dates straight, September 3rd is when we will not be meeting here. We'll put a sign on the door as well and a few things because we don't want anyone to miss it or be confused. If you have a friend who's not here this Sunday that you're worried they might miss it, please text them and let them know this so they don't show up and are a little confused why no one's here suddenly. Um, but the, the week after, which is the 10th, we'll have a few people share about what they were able to do with that time. Who, who got put on their heart? Did they have someone specific they wanted to spend time with? Um, and Or if they didn't, they, I went to the square and I, I watched who was sitting by themselves and I went and talked with them. We're just going to have people share whatever God did with that time. Um, and we'll have just a handful of people share the week after. So be prepared to let us know if you have something to share. Great question. Any other questions? Nice. Who's, who wants to, like, kind of get weird? <laughs> if you have any questions, though, you think of something later, um, other than, like, uh, like is, this a, is this a horrible idea or something like that? Anything other than comments like that, please reach out to Leslie or I um, or a leader that you know in our community. And if you are nervous about doing this, grab a buddy. Just take one, one friend and go do this together with them. That's totally fine. Just let's not, like, you know, swarm one place. Let's not all be at Loco Cafe next Sunday morning and just absolutely, yeah, make their staff regret working that day. Let's not do that to anybody. Let's kind of disperse ourselves a bit and really, really try to listen to the Holy Spirit, what God wants you to do with that time. Um, really listen if there's a person he puts on your heart or if there's not a specific person and you want to just go try to meet somebody new. But we just know there's people entering our town. There's people who don't have friendships or not very strong ones. There's people who are in a new place, and we want to at least have a chance of being able to meet them. So that makes sense? We, we cool with it? Awesome. May the Lord bless you, keep you, may his face shine upon you, and give you peace. Go this week in peace, and let's... Uh, yeah, just be God to people. In your prayer. Amen. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.